I'm Kasi Malik, the founder and host of Audacity Women in Sport. As you can hopefully figure from the title, this podcast is dedicated to celebrating and learning from the audacious, bold women who've created an impact in their respective sports. So what makes these women audacious? By simply choosing to pursue a career in sports, they've gone against the grain, raised the bar for the rest of us, and fought gender stereotypes along the way, whether that's as athletes on the field or from the sidelines as coaches or mentors. I'm not a professional athlete, so why am I podcasting about sports? Well, to give you some context, I've spent my entire life moving every couple of years from one city to the next. I'm now based in Manila, Philippines, which is my fifth country in my 10th city. Through all the change, however, one factor has remained constant in my life, sport. At the age of 11, I swung a golf club for the first time at the Taliganj Club in Calcutta, India, and I fell in love. As I got more involved in golf, so did my younger sister, and it became my father's dream for us to be the Williams sisters of golf. I went on to play competitively at the national and international level for the next seven years, all the way up until I graduated college in Los Angeles in 2015. Growing up as a competitive golfer, I'd spend weeks at a stretch away from home and school to travel to unfamiliar cities to play tournaments. My parents and I spent so much of my school years in my principal and teacher's offices explaining why I had to reschedule exams that clashed with my tournament dates or get extensions on assignments. Even though I was a pretty good student, my teachers just couldn't understand how my parents were allowing me to choose sports instead of spending more time with my books. It was a completely foreign concept to them, especially for a girl. I was incredibly fortunate, though, to have such a strong support system in my family and my coaches. They never once let me doubt my love for golf and bent over backwards to help me pursue it. Our deal was that as long as I was doing above average in school and giving golf my best shot, I didn't have to let my teachers pressurize me for not getting an A-plus on every single test. My parents would wake up every day at 4 a.m. to make me breakfast and drive me to the golf club, then take me to school at 8, back to the club after school at 4 p.m., then to my tutor, then home, and cook dinner for me before bed. My first ever coach would even come to pick me up from across town to take me to the golf club on days my parents couldn't drive me there. As a result of this schedule, I missed all the class gossip, rarely made it to any parties, and got a lot of grief for my weird tan lines. But I'd do it all again in a heartbeat. As exhausting as this routine sounds, I remember those as being some of the best years of my life. Because I was just in this zone where I had tunnel vision about going after my dreams. And there was nothing more gratifying than seeing my hard work pay off under challenging conditions on the course. It wasn't always rainbows and butterflies though. By the age of 15, sport had also introduced me to a few bitter truths of life how to navigate dirty politics and dealing with cutthroat competition from your friends. However, my discipline was at its peak. I learned how to thrive under pressure and how to pull myself out of a slump. Day in and day out, I was pushing myself physically and mentally one step further than I had the day before. And the confidence that I got from knowing I was capable of doing that has been invaluable and something that I've carried with me to this day. I sometimes wonder if I would have had the courage to move to Manila without ever having visited and not knowing a single person in the city if it wasn't for this unshakable confidence and optimism that I had from playing golf. Although I stopped playing competitive golf after college to pursue a career in the corporate world, sport remains central to my life. For the past five years, I've worked at Nike, 
where I live and breathe sport every single day. But I would like to clarify that all the views stated in this podcast are my own and do not necessarily reflect the views of my employer. So why this podcast? Why women? And why now? My dream is for girls all over the world to be able to benefit from sport and to experience the confidence that comes from it. To do that, we need to make sport less of a taboo for women and to make it far more accessible than it is today. While a lot of the women I interview on this podcast are professional athletes, I want to reiterate that consistently participating in any type of sport or fitness activity has the potential to change the way that you approach life, irrespective of whether you pursue it as a career or as a hobby. As I live vicariously now through my sister, who's a professional golfer on the Ladies European Tour, I am equal parts amazed and shocked by the current women's sporting landscape. No doubt we've come a long way. The media coverage for women in sports has grown from the little corner on the bottom of the last sports page in the newspaper to now being broadcast live on several platforms. That's a win. Yet, there is a huge disparity in the type of media coverage for men and women's sports. While men's teams get tons of media coverage for simply playing a game, regardless of the outcome, women in sports rarely make headlines unless it's for something controversial, often not even related to their performance. For example, Serena Williams' 2018 French Open outfit being banned, or the U.S. women's national soccer team lawsuit for equal pay being dismissed by the law, despite them winning their fourth World Cup title in 2019. It's really important to call attention to this, because this unconscious bias in media coverage continues to subtly reinforce the fact that men and women's sports are held to entirely different standards. Men's sports are serious and very much about their performance whereas women are often painted as frivolous and dramatic. This leads to lower public interest in women's sports, that in turn attracts fewer sponsors. All of this trickles down to the bottom line that female athletes are not only paid exponentially less than their male counterparts, but are often, in most sports, not even paid enough to cover their cost of participating in the event. Needless to say, this is one of the biggest barriers to entry for girls who want to pursue sports. Despite having the passion, talent, and work ethic to back it up, they know they won't be able to use their sport to put food on the table. But this podcast isn't about blaming the media or the men's sporting industry. It's about learning from successful athletes to find solutions to the gaps in the infrastructure so that we can uplift female athletes and give them the reward and recognition that they deserve. Recently, while discussing this with a friend, he pointed out that objectively, men are stronger than women and are therefore able to perform better physically, which makes it more interesting to watch them play sports, and therefore justifies why men are paid more. It's a valid point, but it made me wonder, do we really watch sports to just see who scores the most points or hits it the longest down the fairway? Isn't part of the thrill of watching sports also the sportsmanship and resilience that we see in athletes? Think of one of the most exciting games you've watched. It was probably one where the underdog shocked everyone and fought his way back up against the top player in the final quarter of the game. You likely won't remember the score, but you remember the moment when the game turned in favor of the underdog and how that made you feel. Athletes represent qualities that most of us strive to achieve in ourselves, which is what makes sports so thrilling for us to watch. We're all invested in that sweet feeling of victory after watching a stellar performance. Throughout this podcast, you will hear me use the word sport rather than sports. I use the word as an umbrella term 
to express a philosophy because I believe sport is one of the most singularly unifying concepts that we've created as a society. Sport transcends race, gender, ethnicity, and sexual orientation. Michael Jordan became one of the greatest athletes of all time in a time when racism was still rampant and socially acceptable. Megan Rapino led the U.S. women's national soccer team to their fourth World Cup title in 2019 as one of the most famous lesbian athletes and LGBTQI advocates in sports. When we see undeniable talent and determination, we forget about all of the other labels. That's human nature. But it's time for us to practice that in our daily lives with athletes of all levels who display these qualities rather than reserve this just for high-profile athletes. I've got three objectives for this podcast. First, to celebrate these gritty women who have overcome countless hurdles to achieve success in their sports. Second, to educate you as well as myself on viable solutions to dissolve the taboo around women in sport and to normalize this conversation. Finally, whether you're a man or a woman, I hope that this inspires you to play some form of sport yourself or to encourage your girlfriend, daughter, mother, or friend to go out and try out a sport or fitness class that she's been talking about. Because I promise, there is nothing but good to come from it. If you'd like to hear more stories of inspiring women in sport, you can find us on Apple, Spotify, Google Podcasts, or your favorite audio provider. If you like us, subscribe, share us on social media, and give us a review. I'm Kasi Malik, and thanks for listening.